the 19th of the food pantry here uh, in, uh, in Glenlock. And the leadership of the food pantry was initiated and has been run by Jimmy and Pat Horn and all the other volunteers and there's a lot of them. For baptisms this year, we've had seven baptisms and we've had seven additions for a total of 13 new additions. Uh, and those additions, of course, by letter. Of course, we don't wanna uh, give an update without mentioning our one night in Bethlehem. We had 764 over two nights. One of the nights we were not able to have it. And, and this is a good time for me to say that Joe Creel is here today. Joe Creel is the, is the person who started One Night in Bethlehem. And uh, it's been a, uh, a great ministry for, for our church. And Joe, we appreciate that. Uh, the, uh, and all the people that, that worked in that. And it takes a lot of folks to put on One Night in Bethlehem. Our WMU uh, is always busy in the church every year. I had 40 children this year that uh, did the Christmas angel tree that, uh, that were able to get gifts that would not otherwise have gotten them. We had uh, approximately 30 with a BCM that was helped uh, by the uh, WMU and, and many other uh, things that they do. Five people in the nursing home or five members in the nursing home from our church are helped each year. Uh, we thank the WMU for their uh, effort and, and continuous uh, work and good work that they do. Uh, our building was updated in, in our heating and air system. We spent a good bit of money on that system. Uh, we've about got it working like it needs to be. It's still a little work we're working on, but it's just fine-tuning it. Uh, we also have new security and safety doors in our children's building to protect our children there. Uh, uh, and won't go into details of that. On the personnel, uh, Marsha Harper retired just uh, about a month ago here at, at Glenlock as far as from many years of outstanding service to our church. And taking Marsha's place is Bryson Shoemake, who is also our youth uh, pastor, and he's taking on additional roles and responsibility, and Crystal Rude uh, helping uh, with that. Uh, our youth uh, is uh, led, uh, of course, by, by Bryson and also greatly supported by his wife, Brooke, uh, in working with our youth. We had, this year we started a Connect service, uh, which is one Sunday a month, uh, the, uh, the youth meet with uh, uh, in a separate place over in the youth building rather than meeting out here during church time. And that's going well, and we appreciate that. Youth Camp. I think the number was around 25 that we had in youth from, from Glenlock. Is that right? Somewhere in that, okay. And, uh, and we had uh, two other churches that we went together with to, to, to go to Florida and enjoy the week, and they had a good time and enjoy it. Our children uh, have been busy in uh, a sports camp that Neil heads up and, and leads. Uh, uh, summer camp, I think, were about 20, and then soccer. Is about, and that's going on right now, is about 60 kids, is that right, Neil, uh, and our youth. Uh, Vacation Bible School had approximately 50 workers overall all week and, and a good attendance for that. Word of Life is uh, on Wednesdays here at the church. And I'll close with this because uh, you could write a little better this morning. We finished the parking lot uh, paving uh, uh, this year on, on this uh, uh, side of the church. so. We appreciate all the work that went into that. And we got a lot of work to do, but I wanna thank all of the volunteers and workers and givers 
who made this year possible to do these things for our church. Thank you. I just didn't want to mess up again. We are going to sing together now. If you'll stand with us, we're going to sing together Victory in Jesus this morning. <clears throat> Let's pray. 
Amen. Thank you so much, Catherine. Thank you, Terry, for um, updating us on uh, all that happened from the productive side of things during the past 12 months. It's always amazing to me just to listen again and see all that happens over the course of a year. Uh, Another thing that's amazing to me is over the course of the year how many people who are wonderful and special to us in our community uh, pass on. So I'd like to recognize Mr. Ronald Abner. Ronald is one of our, come on up here, Mr. Ronald. Ronald is a lifelong friend of my dad's and, and myself and our family, and it was a blessing this past year for Ronald to formally become a member here at our church. In fact, one of the most special things we had, his son, who is a missionary overseas, came and baptized Ronald here in our church. So Ronald officially became a Baptist. So uh, we love Ronald. He's very involved in the grief share ministry. Uh, that Kim Harper does in our church, but he's a part of it in another church, and he may share that with you. So Ronald's going to share our memorial report this morning. Thank you, Mr. Ronald. Good morning. Danny Murray, Ryan Tatum, Blanche Bishop, Annette Green, Jackie Davis, Joan McWhorter, Daryl Floyd Skipper, Richard Carlisle, Betty Gaskamp Bean, Talmadge Davis, Dr. Melvin Steely, Michael Redd, Betty Marshall, Lisa Cothran, Sterling Lynn, Janice Todd, Jean Weichel, Joan Tucker, Jewel Bartlett, Charles Avery, Betty Lee, Bob Allen, Daryl Crumbly, Elaine Crow, Rob Gardner, Charles Norwood, Pam Rogers, Zane Chambers, Devon Thomason, Dorothy May Williams, Tommy Stutz, Edna Scott, Lauren Cates, Grady Davis, Gene Williams, Michael Baxter, Michael Williamson, and Verlin Marshall. I knew some of these people and some I didn't. But I'm like Neil, I was rather surprised at how many people in this community passed away last year. And as Neil said, I assist the two, three, let's see, four facilitators of grief share at the church I was a member of. And whenever I get moved back down here, I hope to assist Kim Harper in grief share here. And I feel like that's something that when you have a loved one that dies, it is a great, great program if you will avail yourself to it. I know when my wife died, I knew about the program, but it was six months before I was ready to go to it. But when I was ready, I was ready. So it's a great program. It will really help you if you'll go to it. Thank you.
speaker, but I really feel like I have to kind of introduce her too, um, just because she had such a big impact on my life, and I don't think she even knows that because I've never really told her before. So I, we moved to this church when I was in middle school, and as a middle schooler, Miss Joe Grill let me sing in the adult choir, and I thought that was pretty cool. And I loved choir from church, and then we started choir at school. And long story short, I became a music educator, and my path ended up leading me to Truett McConnell instead of Alabama where I really wanted to go because I thought back to Miss Joe Krill and I thought if I ever get called into a music ministry position, I want to be as prepared as Miss Joe Krill. And I thought I better go to a school where I get prepared to be a worship leader. And so that was the whole reason I went to Truett McConnell instead of Alabama in the first place. And, you know, watching God's plan pull, you know, play out our senior year, Mr. Um, Mark was our interim. And one day outside in the parking lot, you know, Pastor Neil was like, are you sure you don't want to stay? He's like, no, like, y'all got it? And he's like, well, what are we supposed to do? And he's, he pointed to me, and I said, me? Like, I'm still in college. And long story short, five years later, it's really cool to see how the ministry that Miss Jo put so much love and heart into just impacted me and influenced me. And I know that there's several in this church who have that same story. So I'm so excited to hear what she has to share with us this morning. Catherine, I'm also very grateful that and blessed to have Miss Joe Creel uh, coming in just a few moments to share with us. She was very instrumental in uh, my coming to Glenlock in 2000 when I was uh, just a kid. I was 30 years old. Uh, <laughs> um, Joe shared with me some things about this church and what God was doing in this church at the time, and God used that to draw me to become. Uh, prayerfully interested in this in this job and uh, God has has kept me here ever since I think our math adds up that Joe spent about 11 years here her first interview she said and Terry will remember this probably better than she or I but um, first interview was in December of 99 and the church had run an ad in the paper in Carrollton that said church needs music director needs to know something about music. <laughs> so I remember Joe shared several times, I felt like I knew something about music, so she was qualified. Joe, come on up here as I say a few more things about her. Um, four things Joe brought to the table every single week at Glenlaw Baptist Church for 11 years. Number one was enthusiasm. She led this morning the stand and clap with the song. We, we kind of miss that. <laughs> I'm not that guy. But Joe was, come on over here, Joe. I'm not going to bite you. <laughs> Joe was, uh, she was that every Sunday for us. So encouraging and That's uplifting. No, it's mine. And I got something to share about that in just a second. <laughs> so she brought enthusiasm. She also brought hard work. Terry Harper said about Joe one time, Joe, you're the only person I've ever seen who could wear out two preachers. <laughs> you remember saying that, Terry? I, hey, I own, I'll own that statement with you because Joe was, she was all in every week. Joe was willing to, not only to challenge you to, to work hard, but Joe herself was willing to step up and work as hard as anybody here. Joe also brought vision to our congregation. This sanctuary, Joe was very instrumental in, in, in the vision and outlook for us, not only to do it, but how it would look. 
on the inside. So a lot like Verlin Marshall was when I reflected on his life a couple of weeks ago. And then, of course, one night in Bethlehem, Terry shared about that. Somebody ran into Joe out in the community a few years ago and asked her if she had ever heard of Glenlock Baptist Church's One Night in Bethlehem. <laughs> Joe said, I started it. <laughs> so, vision. But the last thing is love. There was no doubt in my mind that Joe loved personally me and everybody she came into contact with. She really cared about your spiritual growth. She cared about your relationship with the Lord. Yes, this is yours, but you gave it to me. Okay. This says, happy birthday, Neil Aubrey. I was 33. I needed this, and you gave it to me. It's a collection of devotions that you had collected at the Home Mission Board because she had worked with the Georgia Baptist Home Mission Board years ago, collected these, passed them on to me, and I needed them when you gave them to me. Probably need them now. I need to go back and read. I love you. Thank you. Is the choir singing something else today? I wish y'all come down here so I can look at you. A little sign outside that says that this is a church where love abounds is really true. And you know what? I forgot my water. Ronald, would you hand that to me? <laughs> I had forgotten I gave you that little book. But um, I collected those um, devotions while I was at the Home Mission Board because we got emails every day um, with devotions and so forth. And um, sometimes I would um, call somebody and say, guess what it was today? And, and I would read it out to them. So I decided to give Neil this for his 33rd birthday. Um, I want to start with a scripture. It's Ecclesiastes 4.12. And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Linlock Baptist Church is, we determined this morning, 119 years old. And I believe this scripture tells us how that came to be. I believe the church began with just a few souls who wanted a church in Glenlock. They bound themselves together with God's love, and the church stands united today. I'd like to share with you my love for Glenlock and how it came to be. In 1999, I was working at the University of West Georgia, and I really needed to find a way to make some extra money. I was checking the classified ads in the university newspaper and found an ad that set for a part-time music minister. The ad was for a church that needed someone for Sundays and Wednesday nights, and 
needs to know something about music. I will never forget that. I said, <laughs> I said to myself, I know something about music. I mean, I've sang solos, and I've sung with choirs and quartets and trios. I even took a couple of years of piano when I was about nine. And so I knew what the notes were on a sheet of music, and I knew their names, and I knew how to count. So I don't have a music degree, but I just love it, and God filled in the rest. So um, I called about it and made arrangements to meet um, with the interim pastor the next Sunday at church. I wanted to put down all those names. Terry, where are you? Raise your hand. Okay. I wanted to put all those names you used to call yourself. He would say he was the interim, part-time, temporary, I don't know, the list went on and on, pastor. I couldn't think of them all. So after the service, I met with Terry, who was at the time the interim pastor. This was in December of 1999, and I agreed to come and sing with the choir for their Christmas music special. And they hired me. I think I was the only one that applied, but anyway. <laughs> the first choir practice, I was a little nervous. I mean, I had directed women's choirs, but I'd never directed choirs with men in them. So I was a little nervous, but I, I don't think I let them know it. Um, so when I came to the first practice, there was about eight people, including children. And for a few weeks, we sang specials from a little hymnal. There was no sheet music, there were no choir books, so I asked if I could order some choir materials and they said I could. There was no line item on the budget for music, so that had to be changed. In the meantime, I borrowed music from First Baptist Lithia Springs and another church or two, I think, so we had something to work on. I know what, uh, this is not even in my notes, but if one, one Sunday at practice somebody said, why don't we sing out of the hymnal anymore? I said, if you were going to sing out of the hymnal, you don't need me. And that was true. I wanted to do something that would develop them and make them better than they were. And they got a lot better. Most Baptist churches who have women choir directors have a man leading the congregational music. But the church already had a woman leading the music, so I just followed suit. And I loved that part of the service, when I could look out and watch the faces of our congregation as they sang. And if I didn't like the way they looked, I would do kind of like what I did this morning. I would tell them about it. Put a smile on your face. This is God's music. And it's the way that we worship together, not just because just you know the tune and the words, but you need to feel what you're singing. You need to feel it. That's my little message for you as a congregation. You can help Catherine by giving her something pretty to look at. A smile on your face. When I came to Glenlock, we had two or three adult Sunday school classes. I think we just had two. Um, 
We had one for senior adults that met in the sanctuary and one for all other adults that met in the fellowship hall. And I think a ladies class began a little, little after that. Um, I think that um, I asked if I could start a class for young adults, for singles and for young married people. So I started this class and it took hold and grew. It also grew me and the members of the class. I've learned over the years that the more you put into something, the more you get in return. I never asked anybody to do anything that I wouldn't do myself or try. There was something about Glenlock that was different from other churches where I had been member. There was an abundance of love among the members for one another and especially for God. Members prayed for one another, helped one another, and were there for one another. I could feel the love. It was almost tangible. In the year 2000, it was, it was quite a year for Glenlock Baptist Church and for me. I was hired at the first of the year and Neil came as the church's full-time pastor in September. I also was called to serve as rector or a leader for a Christian retreat called Curcio, which I had been involved with since 1981. This was a big responsibility and an opportunity to serve God in a unique way. Earlier that year, I had sponsored a few of our members to attend the spring meeting, and it was amazing how God worked in their lives. Terry Harper came back singing. Terry can't sing, <laughs> but he did. He sang in front of the whole congregation and led us in a song when he came back from Curcio. Neil had preached our revival early earlier in 2000 from the Psalms. And you don't think about the Psalms as being a revival book, but he pulled so many wonderful scriptures and lessons. They were just awesome. We all looked forward to the time when he would be our full-time pastor. My next verse is James 2, 14 through 16. What does it profit, my brethren, if a man says he has faith but has not works? Can his faith save him? If a brother or sister is ill-clad and in lack of daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what does it profit? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. And you can say, I have faith in God, and do nothing. That doesn't prove that you have faith. Your actions are what proves to the world that you love Jesus. Works are not always physical, although a lot of the time they are. If you love someone, you want to do things for them. You want to serve them. 
Someone who ministered to me through verbal work or service was Mr. Millard Ibsen. He lived at the Oaks with his wife, Grace, where she passed away from the effects of Alzheimer's. On Wednesdays, I lived in Carrollton. On Wednesdays, I would go by and pick him up so he could come to Wednesday night supper and Bible study. He would tell me stories of his earlier life, how he and Grace met, and so many other sweet stories. We could talk about anything. I told him he was my spiritual daddy. He was a rock for this church and so many of its members. I loved him and still love him. I have two of his paintings, which he gave me, and I cherish those. Before I came here, I had been drama director at First Baptist Church in Lithia Springs for 10 years. Every Easter, we did the Life of Christ musical drama. We had a large worship center, and we transformed it into Bethlehem and Jerusalem. It was actually even bigger than this. So I had a big stage to work with. It began with the birth of Jesus and ended with Jesus rising up to heaven to be at God's right hand. Now the old sanctuary stage over there was barely large enough for two or three people, much less a cast large enough to portray the life of Christ. We did a few dramas and some of the men built on the stage enlarging it for those productions. But I thought, we may not have a big auditorium, but we have a big pasture out there and we could do a live nativity. Ardith Freeman said that her church in Florida, they portrayed Bethlehem in costume. Well, we could do that here. My mind started working overtime about how we could portray Bethlehem on the night Jesus was born. We had several meetings and began telling the church and asking that everyone be involved. This would be our Christmas gift to the community. And we thank Scott Googe for naming One Night in Bethlehem. He came up with that when we were having one of our brainstorming meetings. And it's still, it's still One Night in Bethlehem. Lane Marshall had some experience with drama and I asked her to walk with me one day after church around the youth house. How many of you know that there used to be a big house here? An old house, okay. I'd asked her to walk with me around the youth house and I told her my vision of Bethlehem and it was like God winked and said, that's it, that's right. She and Verlin spent more time preparing Bethlehem than anyone, including me. She became a special friend, and so did Verlin. We had work, we had work days, and many came with tools and whatever we needed. Johnny Daniel brought hot dogs for lunch and we didn't have to worry about a thing except just keeping our hands busy. 
and build in one night in Bethlehem. That first year was transforming in so many ways. I'll never forget it. We prepared for weeks in advance, building the village with shops and homes and sharing Jesus in a special way. We found out after that year that we had to give the people something to watch while they waited. So someone had to head up getting people to sing or play an instrument, entertain with puppets or, or whatever. I'm thrilled to know that it still continues today during Christmas time. The reason that all these things happened over the years was not me, it was love. God's love that came through the people of Glenlock. We serve an awesome God. And the more we give of ourselves, the more we receive. I love Glenlock Baptist Church and, and its people. And remember that you are Glenlock Baptist Church. What you do will count for the future. Not only yours, but those that are still to come. Thank you. Remain standing. We're going to sing 10,000 Reasons together. Your name is great and your heart is kind. Oh. 
so much um, just for reminding us of rich history, God, reminding us how much you've worked in this church, Lord, for over a century, God, and Lord, for also reminding us that sometimes it just takes one person stepping up and speaking up to make a really large impact on not just a church, but a community, God. Lord, I pray that as we review our history, Lord, that we're encouraged to go out and be bold, um, believers of faith, God, and to act out what we believe, Lord. And God, I also just take this time to thank you for those who have gone before us, Lord. And as we reflect on that list of the people who are with you now, God, Lord, just how sweet our heaven seems, knowing that we're going to see some of our great faith leaders of our community there one day. Lord, as we continue this service with a time of study, I just pray that you open our hearts and clear our minds, Lord. And that you just use Pastor Neil as a vessel straight from you this morning, God. Because I know there's several in our, in our church, God, but Lord, hearing that history and hearing those names, Lord, it kind of hurts our hearts, God. And Lord, I know that there's people in our church, God, that haven't been here in years, Lord, and have just come back home for this special service. And I know there's some in our church who aren't members and, and really are just kind of confused by what all they've heard this morning, God. Lord, I know we each come to you with different burdens and different hearts, but I also know that you know every need, worry, and concern in this church. And I know that you are part of every blessing and every praise, God. So, Lord, I just pray that you use this time to continue to move and to work in only a mighty way that you could, Lord. We love you and praise you and thank you. May your word be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Children are dismissed with Miss Erica in the back for Children's Church. Joe, that was, that was outstanding. That was exactly what we needed to hear, what I needed to hear. As our service comes to a close, I want to just share a few thoughts with us this morning from Genesis chapter 2. If you'll turn to Genesis chapter 2, I'm going to read three verses, and then I'm going to try to attempt to do a little bit of what Joe did, but on a larger scale and scope. 
Joe reminded us of the history of Glenlock and her place in that history and how God moved and worked in her life and through the lives of others to tie together the mission that he has for us currently and there obviously is still more work to be done. In our walk through Genesis, our next portion of scripture is chapter 2 verses 1 through 3. I'm going to read this and make a few comments. I'm going to challenge us to join God in his work. What is God doing? What has God done? What will God do? One of the devotions that is in the birthday gift of devotions that you gave me is by Dr. Blackaby. In fact, most of them are by Dr. Henry Blackaby, the author of Experiencing God. And one of the great truths and principles in that study is this. And this is what I want you to go home with. Find where God is working and moving and join Him in His work. See and know and hear and listen. Where is God working? What is He doing? And then join Him in His work. To do that, we need to die to ourselves and our own agendas, our own small missions, and see what He's doing where we are and where he's working around us and, and, and join him in his work. The good news of the gospel is that God is always at work all around us. <laughs> so what we're really praying for is a changed, transformed heart to see how we can be salt and light in our particular context, whatever that may be. But Genesis 2 verse 1 says this, and this is a follow-up to the creation story, the first six days that we looked at last week. Think about this from God's perspective. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed. Man, what a project. <laughs> the heavens and the earth were finished. And all their hosts. And by the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done. He rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day, sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. What a gift. The emphasis is on God's completed work of creation and all that he has done. And then the Bible begins to unfold all that comes next. There's an interesting verse in the book of Hebrews that says this. Hebrews 4.3 His works were finished from before the foundation of the world. Meaning when God completed that first project, it was just the first initial project of a grand project that would ultimately lead to the new heaven and the new earth. God began the work with all his works already finished in his heart and in his mind. What a story. What a work. So think about the work that God has done around us. That's creation and all its glory. Look around you and see 
the beauty and majesty of his handiwork. Another dimension of his work is the work that he has done for us. That's the work that Christ finished on the cross on our behalf. I can't read Genesis 2, 1 through 3 without thinking of Jesus saying from the cross, it is finished. Read Genesis 2, 1 through 3. It's complete. He's satisfied. He rests. God knew from the beginning of creation that one day we would rest in the finished work of Christ and that God could look at sinners like you and me and be pleased because of the pleasure that he has in the atoning work of Christ. Jesus said, I've finished the work which you called me to do, which was to fulfill the law and perfect it on our behalf and then die in our place. There's the work he did around us, creation. There's the work he does for us. That's redemption and salvation. Then there's the work that God does in us. That's transformation. He changes our hearts and our lives. He gives us a new heart and a new mind. Ezekiel 36 emphasizes that this is His work. He will do it. In Christ, you can become a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is past, the new has come. The transforming life of the Spirit of God in the souls of men. That's His work in you. We could call it sanctification, as the Bible does. Or transformation, changing us from the inside out. That's in us. But that's also, number four, the work He does through us. Around us, for us, in us. Joe's whole testimony was about the work that God will do through you that impacts the lives of others. We call this ministry. We call it love. We call it evangelism. We are the body of Christ. And if He is the vine and we are the branches, the one who abides in Him will bear much fruit. But that's not the end of the story. There's also the work that God will do before us. Or the work that is coming ahead of us. That's what Genesis 21 and 22 is about. That's what Isaiah 65 promises. That's what the book of Peter promises. God tells us that I will create, in Isaiah 65, 17, I create, I create it. We can't make it. All our righteousness, all our works are as filthy rags before him. We have no raw materials to work with that aren't tainted and spoiled. He has to create the new heaven and the new earth in which righteousness dwells. What did Jesus say? I go to prepare a place for you. What does Jesus say? Behold, I am making all things new. So she brings up people like Millard Idson, and more recently Verlin Marshall. We grieve, but we do not grieve those people without hope. Because we know that one day we will see them again because of the good work that God has promised to create ahead of us, giving us new bodies in a new, perfect, regenerated world that is, that is the Garden of Eden, supersized and transcended. It's like you go through McDonald's and Wendy's. You want that supersized? 
Some of you say yes. Read the created work of God that is ahead of us. It's, it's, it's the Garden of Eden and all that we ever dreamed about and everything that we lost. It is a new regenerated heaven and earth that is ahead for the Christian. So God rested on the seventh day fully pleased, fully satisfied in that first initial completed beautiful majestic project. But he rested knowing he had more work to do. But he also rested knowing that his power and his dominion and his glory and with the work and cooperation of the Son and the Spirit all God's promises are yes in Christ Jesus and the work he began and the work he will do, all of it is guaranteed because it was finished. It was already completed before the foundation of the world. What an amazing God we serve. So put Joe's testimony and add, it, add to it this particular theology truth. And then I invite you, as God does, to join him in his work. They came to Jesus and they said, what, what, what must we do to do the works of God? He had fed the 5,000. They loved the free food. We would like to pull this off. What do we need to do to do the work of God? Jesus said, believe in me. Believe in me. That is the work of God, to trust, to cast yourself on his work, which he would do. But then I encourage you to literally join the work. <laughs> join the food pantry. Serve on Tuesdays and realize what a blessing that is. Go visit the nursing homes. Participate in One Night in Bethlehem. Enroll in a Sunday school class. Start a small group. Do a one-on-one -on -one with somebody. Think about Mr. Millard and him pouring into Joe one-to-one -one as they traveled. Is there somebody in your life that you can make a difference in daily by pouring into them the love and the truth of God. Do that where you work. He is at work all around us, all the time. Believe in Christ and join Him in the great project that God is working and completing that one day will be the new heaven and the new earth. Amen. Let's pray. Father, Thank you for all that you have done in the history of Glenlock Baptist Church over 119 years, past, present, and future. You know our future, Lord, and we pray that we will join you in the work, the great work of redemption, the great work of, of drawing souls to you through the gospel in word and deed. Father, thank you for the enthusiasm that Miss Jo has demonstrated practically and tangibly in her own life. May all of us catch that from you and that we would put our love and our faith and our joy and give that some traction. Give that some traction in daily life to every day make a difference by, by giving away our lives, by losing our lives for your sake and for the kingdom's sake and for the sake of others coming to know you. Father, may we come just as we are but may we come with the knowledge that you welcome us with arms wide open, but you will not keep us the same, that you're in the business of transforming us to be more like you and more like your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Work in our hearts as we sing, just as I am.
Amen. Let's stand and sing 488, Just As I Am. You come. would come forward at this time we'll take our offering let us pray our kind and merciful heavenly father we just thank you for such a beautiful day we just thank you for us being able to celebrate a, another birthday of uh, Glenlock uh, Baptist Church, Father. It's just such a blessing. We just thank you for all that you've blessed this church with and the people in it, Father. And without the resources, we would not be able to do so many things that this church does for this community each and every year, Father. And we just ask now that you allow the, our members and our visitors here today, just let us open our hearts and let us give back to you a portion of what you have furnished us with, Father, because everything comes from you, and we cannot do your work without help, Father. And these things we ask in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.
Please stand for our benediction. Today our benediction is going to be a little different. We normally would sing Family of God this month, but I think yesterday was Billy Vaughn's birthday. Is that correct? So we're going to do for one what we wish we could do for everybody, but Billy's worth that one, all right? So we're going to sing Happy Birthday. We're going to have lunch together. Happy Birthday, Billy. We love you. Pray for him. Sir, uh, Tuesday, he's got a little procedure, a little surgery, so let's lift him up in our prayers. And I'm going to ask Catherine to have a blessing for the food because immediately following, let's go to the Fellowship Hall and uh, continue our homecoming celebration by eating together. So Happy Birthday, Billy, and we'll all sing that. This is our benediction. We're going to pray, pray and then sing. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful service and for this wonderful fellowship. May it continue as we celebrate with one another with food, God. May that food bless and strengthen our bodies for the furtherment of your kingdom. Lord, bless the hands that prepared for all, all of us for us. Um, and Lord, may you just remain being glorified and honored in all that we do, God. Lord, we love you and praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Happy birthday to you.